0: It's the Friendly Fire Show episode 139 for the start of June 2019. I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. It's been a crazy Fortnite, Ben. There's tons to talk about. Really? I think it's <laughs> the normal Fortnite in games.
1: It's that pre uh-uh. E3 period where a lot of things are happening, but a lot of things are not really happening at the same time.
0: Yeah, and like I uh, jokingly said, it looks like the E3 Coliseum like, panel listing website has become the new Walmart Canada for this year, just like leaking games left, right and center. So before we get into that, though, let's talk about what we've been playing. And I'll get you to start with cricket, perhaps, because why not? Well, there is a new cricket game uh, to coincide (laughs) with the World Cup, but not officially
1: because it's a classic big amp. We only have half the license situation, Uh, but it is fully licensed for the Ashes, which is in England this year. Uh, So you probably don't recall, Steve, being a non-Australian native, but there was an Ashes game about two years ago, back when Australia was good at cricket.
0: It was called Ashes Cricket, wasn't it? Oh, there you go. That's why it was
1: easy to remember. (laughs) They've gone with putting the gear back on the title, so it's easier to identify now. Uh, So it's pretty much exactly the same thing. Gameplay is exactly the same, except the official license mode is the English Ashes instead. So all their grounds are recreated, all their players are motion captured. Looks really good. Um, and one of the things that big games tend to have is they're kind of broken at launch uh, and then they fix it eventually but this one isn't it's pretty much ready to go because it copies the last game in terms of gameplay so um yeah it's pretty solid there's there is some technical issues i've added in all these kind of broadcast style performance um stuff to the start of matches you know players toss the ball around all that stuff and that lags like crazy so What they've added in doesn't perform that well, but the actual gameplay is pretty strong. Except for the Switch version. So we played on PS4 and (laughs) Switch. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty excited to play a cricket game on Switch for a while because you could, you know, watch on TV and play a bit on Switch at the same time. I think it really suits it quite well. Uh, The day one patch has not been applied to Switch. so. As of now, we're about four or five days post-launch, and the day one patch is yet to arrive on Switch, so it's not really a day one patch anymore. It's a week two patch maybe. Um, it's very big ant. <laughs> it's missing some key stuff. So, you know, the fielders really stumble around. They don't move properly. Apparently, that's all going to be fixed. Um, it's a very small screen, obviously, in handheld mode, and one of the features is the ball kind of is surrounded by a, a ring, which shows you where it's going to land if you want that on. And I think that's very important on a small screen because you can kind of see where the ball's going to be. That is not in the Switch version yet. So, it's kind of the important about, part. You can't really play as a handheld game at the moment because you can't see the ball. So, a bit of an issue.
0: What about num uh, first so person mode?
1: Unplayable for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that said, I think it's just because I played this type of game for so long that it's so different that I just can't get my head around it. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's it's one of those things which sounds like it will be good. Um, like, I don't remember if you remember in the Wii days, people kept saying a cricket game on Wii will be so good. You can motion control Wii remote. It'll be really good for a cricket game. And they did make one and it was terrible because the idea <laughs> and the actual game doesn't really line up. So, yeah, it's one of those. I think first person sounds like it would be a good idea. It's like being, you know, imagine playing a soccer game or any game with a goalkeeper where you're playing first person as a goalie and you think that'll be really cool. You can see the action coming towards you, but you don't really have the sense of where you are in relation to the goal. So oh, yeah, in this case, you don't know where you are in relation to the stumps or where the ball is. So it doesn't really work for me. But maybe if you're a real pro player, you'd like it. Well, there uh, you go. That said, it is still really good. I think the the cricket mechanics they've got down now so it's just the stuff around that they're tweaking with but the the batting and the bowling what you want from a cricket game is pretty solid so
0: pretty good that sounds like an endorsement to me yeah well it's (laughs) it's one of
1: those things where these australian sport games so namely cricket afl nrl uh quite often there's just kind of one developer make one and it's kind of half-hearted because they don't have the time to do it properly Uh, and then someone else comes in and makes a second attempt a few years later They've had now four cricket games in a row, so they're improving. And I think the others would improve as well if they just had the same developer given time to, to work on it. But we'll see. Cricket at least has a global appeal, so there's that.
0: Well, there you go. It's, it's yeah, something... It's Big Ant, I guess. I, I don't know if it's a good thing to, like with um, AO Tennis, like to, you know, be very proud of the fact that it's the most patched game on, like, the Xbox platform because one that mm. suggests it needs a lot of patching. Um, but I guess... On the other hand, you know, you got to give them credit for keeping up and, you know, continually supporting the game until it's in a position that they're comfortable with or that players are comfortable with. So it's kind of a shame it's not. They do do that. It's not close to that from launch and it takes a while, but it sounds like they're Well, this it. one
1: is. So I'll give them their props for this one. This one is pretty close, aside from the Switch version, at least the PS4 version is pretty close to probably what they wanted it to be. So, And as we've seen in the past, they will keep improving it and probably in a couple of months it'll be pretty good when the ashes actually
0: start. So yeah. <laughs> just in time for the ashes. Well, perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything else you want to say on that before I do like the quickest recap of a whole bunch of That's scary it. games. All right. They sound <clears throat> so pretty I- scary actually. Well, so, yes, yeah, some of them are pretty scary. Um, so I, ha- I'm, I've still got probably like two more similar games in this genre to go, but, um, I've played observation and layers of fear and Darkwood, uh, and hands down, uh, Observation is the best of the three, like not even, there's not even a contest. Um, so it's a devolver game done by the team who did uh, untold their stories. Untold is what it's called. It's like a, a compilation of four kind of horror games. Uh, that's currently free on the Epic game store. And I would definitely recommend uh, going and grabbing it. Cause it's really, really cool. Um, Observation is a sci-fi horror adventure-y game um, that looks a lot like Alien Isolation and, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, And, you know, like, they've modeled it after the movie on purpose because you you play as the station's AI, not as a scientist character on the station itself. Um, A lot of people who worked, not a lot of people, but a couple people who worked on Alien Isolation uh, are part of Observation's dev team, so that kind of makes sense that there's a parallel between those games because it's that kind of claustrophobic you're in space. Like no one can hear you scream, that kind of thing. Um, and it's just a really cool like uh mystery that you get thrown into straight away. The station has like lost all of its memory logs. So you don't know what's going on. Uh, you get this weird transmission that fills your screen that says, bring her referring to um, at the start of the game, you know, the, the scientist who, is trying to like get the station back up and running. Uh, and it's just a really cool little experience that keeps you on your toes. Um, and it's it's tense. It's not so scary as tense. And um, it's written so well that you just want to keep going and seeing what happens. So that game, a- absolutely, it's uh, a recommend for me. It's on PC and PS4, uh, and it's so, so good. Uh, Darkwood is probably the next best of the three. Uh, It's a game that's been on PC for a while now uh, and it's just been added to consoles Uh, and it's like a top-down kind of survival horror game with like a horde mode tacked on to it. So it's really basic looking kind of sprites like 2d sprites and stuff, but you basically go through the day trying to gather enough supplies to make it through the nighttime kind of horde mode. So you like barricade yourself in a room, try to cover the exits, make sure you have, you know, things to kind of survive with. And it's just really neat. It's difficult and it's kinda of nichey. So if you're into that type of thing, I would recommend it. Um and then Layers of Fear 2, just because I'm trying to get through all these really quickly, is not a bad game, but it's the least good of the three. Uh just because it deviates so much from the original Layers of Fear, which I really liked. Um, it's by Bloober Team. <clears throat> and like, I remember before E3, years and years ago, uh, they sent like physical packs in the mail with just like weird things that you didn't quite understand. And like, that was part of its appeal to me. And um, that I kind of started seeking out more information about the game and it just se- seemed really cool. So if you haven't played the first one, it's it's awesome. It's about this Victorian painter who like loses his mind essentially. And you go through this kind of first person perspective, trying to piece together what's happened and that kind of thing. Uh, Layers of Fear 2 is about an actor who winds up on a cruise ship and you try to figure out the same style of thing, but it's super derivative and just pulls from a lot of horror movies and kind of genre pieces that it just it doesn't have its own identity basically and it's kind of not that scary because you're expecting what's to come uh there's also this weird mechanic where this blob chases you and it's not hard to run away from but like it kind of just springs up and surprises you sometimes and it's like instant kill and the animation takes way too long and it's just annoying and it just like sucks out a lot of the fun when those sequences happen so it's good for horror fans it's you know it's kind of just paint by numbers type thing so eh, I wouldn't recommend it too much and I'm done talking about horror things Ben unless you have any questions So
1: fair to say you're all horror (laughs) games out basically well I've got two more to go
0: (laughs) Two more to go.
1: (laughs) There's There's one called, oh, what's it called?
0: Yeah, I know. It's really weird. Um, But they're all like reasonably good. The one that I'm playing now is called. I'm stalling for time while I look it up because that's really pathetic that I forget. It is called uh, Bring to Light. It's by Red Meat Games, who are like a Canadian-based studio. And it's actually really, really cool. Um, And then the other one I'm playing is back in 19... 85 or 95 um and it basically is trying to rip off old school resident evil and it's not doing it well so that's not quite reviews of those games but that's the last two that i have to play before i am definitely survival horrored out for a while
1: with horror month (laughs) well at least some of them are good i did have a look at Darkwood, but i decided it looked too much work for me i can't be bothered with a survival horde mode type of thing at the moment so yeah, you really got
0: to be in the mood for it. Um, oh, and I've also been playing Resident Evil 4 again because I bought it on Switch like an idiot. And then after playing like two hours, remembered I hadn't finished all the achievements in the Xbox One version. So now I'm playing Resident Evil 4 on Xbox again. How does it run on Switch? Surely pretty well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's handheld. Just good. Um, it's, but this is,
1: this is the first time it's been handheld. So as much as Resident Evil 4 has been released about 50 times, this one is slightly different.
0: Yeah, well, and they put out Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil The Remake um, at the same time. So there's a lot of Resident Evil games you can get on Switch now. And it's like, I like playing them on Switch. But then if I'm at home playing on the couch, I've just decided to play on my TV instead. So I'm playing professional mode on Xbox One because that's one of the achievements I haven't gotten. And it's deliciously Resident Evil 4. I love it. Anyway. That's not the point. We're not talking about that. Um, we also reviewed Teams on a like gracing on the site. <clears throat> um, did you have a chance to play any of it? I can't remember if you even have access to it, Ben.
1: No, I don't have it. So uh, I briefly considered it, but uh, no, not really. I think it's, it's really good. That the PS4 Sorry, you think- and Xbox One don't have a kart racer, and now they're going to get two in the space of a month. It's just an odd. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, the The grind... Like, not the grind of, like, having to play something mechanic, but, like, the grind as you drive. That's not called grinding. What's it called? Like, sliding. <laughs> Drifting, thank you. The drift mechanic's pretty good. Um And there's, like, this huge emphasis on teamwork. So, you know, like, if you're in the lead of your team of three, you cl- create this slipstream. And the goal of your AI partners or your real partners is to kind of, like, use that to kind of slingshot past you. And you kind of, like, work together to speed up and go through a course. So. um I didn't review it for the site. Uh Matt did. I think he was a bit harsh on it, in my opinion. Like not too harsh. Like he said it looks like a PS2 game. I don't think that's quite accurate. But um if you like racing, it's it's definitely one that you should check out. Or wait for crash if that was these, if yeah, that's what you prefer. These,
1: these things are always gonna be compared to Mario Kart 8, and that's pretty much spot on for a kart racer, so they've got their work up against them.
0: Yeah, well the the, the team element of this is what sets it apart for me. And I really, really like the, the way that it tries to get you to work together. And the AI is pretty smart on both sides, like your partners. And in terms of um, like who you're driving against. So, so I think it's pretty mm. good. That's good. Anyway, uh, news. Should we go to news? We gotta like, we gotta smash through this news. There's tons of stuff happening. Um, I guess two of the big uh, game detailed, announcements uh, revolve around Call of Duty Modern Warfare. slash Four, but not four. Yeah, 2019 or four, or whatever the hell we're going to call it, um, and Death Stranding. So which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go to COD first.
1: Uh, what are they going to call the sequel to this? Because they can't have Modern Warfare 2 <laughs> uh,
0: anyway. Well, well, they can. They have Call of Duty Modern Warfare twice, so why not two twice? Yeah, but that was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. There was a slight change anyway semantics um oh, yeah. so it's it's a soft reboot of call of duty modern warfare so it's um theoretically kind of keeping the same basic storyline and captain price is in it and cool i guess i don't know it's it's i feel like well cod's really going to the nostalgia games,
1: they are well infinity water definitely is after a few <laughs> kind of false starts to try something new um, But Modern Warfare always had the best single player and story elements, so I'm not surprised going back to that, especially after Black Ops 4 decided COD didn't need to have a single player and was kind of, it fell flat because of that, I think. So hopefully they don't put all their time into a battle royale that we don't really need and they focus on a good campaign because that's what Infinity War can do well, so.
0: Absolutely. And so they were really happy to to talk about uh, a lack of season pass and the addition of cross play, even though they were kind of, Generically descriptive of what that latter feature means. Um, and the, the no season pass is a good thing, but then they also confirm that there's still like the PlayStation timed exclusivity. So yay and boo at the yep. same
1: time. I think that's a long term deal, but no, the season pass for COD has always been about $70. So it's actually a really expensive game if you commit to it. So I'm glad that's gone. The cross play concerns me a bit because, as you said, they didn't really say what it is. And crossplay between PlayStation and Xbox would be fantastic, but Sony has been very reluctant to do that. Cross play between Xbox and PC, which is more likely, will be a real problem for Xbox players it's because on they're PC. just gonna get destroyed. So <laughs> yeah. presumably um, they would have an option. They said they would have an option for you to choose a lobby where you play with PC players and that would no doubt be dead because why would anyone choose that? Uh, yeah. but the only the meaningful crossplay is between the two consoles and they they didn't really say that's what's happening. So
0: well, and you can't imagine that Sony's going to want to have that timed exclusivity thing and also support crossplay. Like that. Well, and how does that work? Not Sony's well? if model. There,
1: if there's yeah. new maps only on PlayStation, how can you crossplay with with Xbox? Anyway, I don't think it's going to work. I think crossplay is a good thing moving forward, but it's not going to work here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, this morning, I haven't looked at it yet. Um, I think they detailed kind of special editions and stuff, but we can. I don't know. I'll write about that later. I don't know anything about them, unless you do.
1: No idea, but there will be heaps of them because it's COD. So there'll be five different editions and probably we haven't actually heard about Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, which has been rumored for ages. And I kind of thought this is where it would be, but I don't think they've mentioned it. Maybe it will be a no. late announcement.
0: Well, and I'm I'm not really sure where they're going to. So usually like an E3 Call of Duty thing is they talk about the single player ahead of time. And then um, it's all about multiplayer at E3. And it used to be at Xbox because it was an Xbox game timed exclusive thing but it's been sony for at least the last year maybe two i can't remember um or maybe even more than that doesn't matter there's no sony conference this year so i don't really know how we're going to learn more about modern warfare
1: well they'll just release their own trailer i think and then they'll um we have a hands-on with cod and a few other things with it so i feel like it's going to be old school you're going to have to read the media to find out what they saw you won't just see the presentation at, at sony so
0: well, thankfully, Ben, you're uh, on, on hand at E3, and you're going to be looking That's at called Modern Warfare. So I'll yes. uh, read your stuff. That's it. We'll find
1: out what Captain Price is up to for a fourth time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> how a- across Death Stranding are you?
1: I'm across it to the point that I have no idea what this game is about. I've been confused from day one, and I still I don't know what this is. Everything Good, I watch I'm about it equally- confuses me even more.
0: I'm equally confused, um, but we know a lot more about it, even though it's confusing, so that's good. Thanks. It's coming out
1: this year, apparently. I'm, I'm shocked. When it was announced a couple of years ago at the Game Awards, I was convinced they hadn't started it. they just made this trailer, which was probably true at the time, and I thought, this is going to be a PS5, maybe even a PS6 game, with how long Kojima normally takes. <laughs> so, By
0: the time the cutscenes are level... over, the PlayStation 5 will be out. <laughs>
1: What level of crazy crunch have the developers been doing to get it out in November this year? I imagine they're working like 120-hour weeks because I don't see how this was made otherwise. That said, we haven't really seen any proper gameplay. So we're just seeing these weird teasers, basically.
0: And also, like, it's it's rumored um, that Sony has delayed The Last of Us 2 to 2020 to make room for Death Stranding in November this year where I'm fairly certain that Naughty Dog has been working on The Last of Us for far longer than Kojima Productions has been working on this. So I don't know why they wouldn't have just they definitely have. put out Last of Us and then Death Stranding. But whatever, that's their decision.
1: Well, when was Last of Us 2 announced? Well, part 2, probably <sighs> ages 2016, ago,
0: 2016 maybe? Yeah.
1: When they announced it anyway, I remember thinking this is coming out in the next you know 6 to 18 months. I thought it was relatively soon. Um, But it's probably going to be another five year delay between when it was announced or when it was rumored and when it actually comes out. And it's going to be the same as Last of Us One. It's going to come out a few months probably before the PS5 does. And then I bet you it gets remastered and re released again in 2021. So I think it will be carbon copy.
0: Yeah. Well, so here's my attempt to explain Death Stranding from what I've read Uh, some weird supernatural thing called the Death Stranding has like inflicted the world. And playing as the dude from The Walking Dead, you have to make bridges and, like, link humanity back together and unify the world. And there's also weird dead, not dead babies, just little babies in pods. Uh, And they are there. I don't quite get it. And the bridge thing is very important because you make these bridges to, like, save the world, but your name is Sam Porter Bridges. So there's this, like... Really, like force-fed, like analogy. Anyway, um, I don't understand what's going on in the game, but people are super excited about it. Do you want to take a stab at it, or was that pretty good? No, that's that's more than
1: I know. I'm so <laughs> weird, babies is what I associate with this game. Um, I think we we knew when this was signed up that Kojima is probably the only director in games where people buy it based on his name. I can't think of another situation, at least at the moment, where that happens anymore. So, yeah. Sony pretty much gave him a blank check when he was free from the shackles of Konami and said, do whatever you want. He seems to be excited to be able to go his own way with something new. He's gone fully weird with it. Um, and people will buy it based on his name alone. So, And the fact that it's a PS4 exclusive, those two things are game sellers. So, yeah. he doesn't really need to sell us anything more than that.
0: Well, Sony's going to try. Uh, if you want your own actual physical weird baby pod thing, you can buy the Death Standing Death. De- De- I can't say that Death Stranding Collector's Edition. Uh, it's a cool two hundred ninety dollars, and you get uh, a weird baby thing in addition to some digital items and a steelbook. Well, I'm going to pass on that. That
1: sounds terrifying. So no, thank yeah.
0: you. I'm um, good. I don't know why people are really excited about that. I think it's creepy, but um. There's a couple of other editions, too. There's like a digital deluxe for like 115 I think, a special edition for 120 and then there's the normal game for 100 bucks, or around that figure. So uh, there's a new trailer. It's like eight minutes long. Kojima cut it himself. If you haven't seen it, go check it out to try to get a flavor of uh, an idea of the flavor of the game because it's beyond yeah. description, really. I don't know how to describe it.
1: Well, maybe that's because you don't have a gaming disorder and that's what you need to understand a game like
0: this. Or maybe you do. <laughs> that's the best segue I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, The World Health Organization has officially added the gaming disorder to, what is it called, the ICD-11 or something like that. Um, they've unofficially had it as a disorder for like a year now, but they've updated said ICD-11 to include it. It's uh, a disorder that's been kind of lumped in with gambling as well. So don't get sick people, just game responsibly.
1: Pretty much, it's pretty straightforward I would say. It's going to be one of those ones where people freak out thinking, "Oh my god, my kid plays games, maybe they have a disorder." Uh but it's really as far as I could gather, it's just in the same realm of addiction. So if you're playing way too much that it impacts the rest of your life in a negative way, maybe there's a problem.
0: Well, and that goes and with everything.
1: So, that goes with everything. <laughs> you could have a Netflix disorder, and I'm sure plenty of people do.
0: I have a lot of disorders, but I'm not going to admit to them. Um, and a whole bunch of That's like the healthiest way. Well, there you go. A whole bunch of organizations kind of spoke out a, a, against this um, classification, like the IGEA in Australia and New Zealand, just kind of saying, you know, like work as a family to understand, you know, what is healthy in terms of gaming and then. If there's unhealthy habits, start to break them. And, you know, again, that's like common sense and it goes for more things than just video games. But I guess sometimes you need to point that out.
1: Pretty simple, I'd say. Although I don't self-diagnose my own disorders, so.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to. You've got me to tell you that you have a problem. No, just live your your life. You're fine. You know, Until you you have an intervention thrust upon you, you're fine. Exactly. So because we're not having an intervention... And we like video games. Can I suggest a whole new handheld console for you, Ben?
1: You can suggest it, but I've seen this and I'm I'm not sold.
0: But it's a weird yellow console with a crank on it. How could you not want a Playdate?
1: Well, why is it black and white? Why are they going with a black and white screen? That's where I'm stumped.
0: Because it's supposed to be basic, I think. Like... In a good way, though. Yeah,
1: but you could have a basic with a color screen. Anyway, I agree. We move on past that. So
0: it's like 150 American dollars. Uh, it is by Panic. Is that right? That seems right. Um, um, yeah, something like that. Who now publish uh, Firewatch, which is a really neat game that I really enjoyed. And the Playdate was actually featured in Overwatch as kind of like an Easter egg a couple of years back. So, um It's a weird little black and white, as you said, console that is kind of working on a a season pass kind of uh, subscription model. So you buy it, you get season one, which is 12 games released, one a week until obviously that is exhausted. Mm -hmm. And it suggests that there'll be a season two and season three and stuff. And one of the games you play with a little wind up crank that is on the side of the handheld console.
1: interesting. Yeah, that's weird.
0: Yeah. So they're going
1: basically is trying to be a little handheld for indie games in black and white. Yeah. Um, I guess we don't really have a handheld at the moment that fits in your pocket. The Switch is gigantic. So there is a little market for something like that. I don't know if kids are going to want this. I think that's where kids will pretty much play anything, but I think the dodgy screen will put them off.
0: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, yeah, I think you're right. And the thing that I don't like about it is that you're not going to know about the games until the week that they are available so i don't like the idea of dropping 150 bucks for an idea and then you know like finding that i don't enjoy any of the games afterward so i'd I'd, i it's a cool little gimmick but i also like i might if i was going to buy one of these as an example wait until all the games are out and then decide if there are games that i would enjoy
1: hmm I think a much better subscription service is Xbox Game Pass, which
0: is coming to PC, finally. Oh, Ben, you're on fire with the segues today. Uh, Correct. That's it. So it's, it's the same thing as on Xbox, but it'll be PC-centric games. And we don't really know much more about it until E3.
1: It'll be a big E3 announcement, so... Yeah, they're doing good stuff with PC at the moment. That and uh, Halo Master Chief Collection is going to be a big deal for PC gamers, I think. Those on Xbox kind of have forgotten about these, but I know some PC players are pretty excited about both of those
0: things. Yeah, and in in the same kind of vein, Microsoft said that they're going to put 20 of their games on uh, PC via Steam rather than just the Windows 10 store. So uh, Gears 5, Halo... And Age of Empires Definitive Edition are three of those 20 titles. So good news if you're a PC player and don't like the Windows Store. And even better news if you're a PC player and are sick of hearing about Epic Game Store exclusives.
1: Mm. Good work, PC players. I'm not over that whole feud between the stores because they don't really play on PC, but I understand that they're not happy with each other.
0: Yeah, I don't quite get it either. Like, I, I downloaded Stories Untold by the Observation guys because it was free on Epic, and I don't care. So I just got a free game. I don't care how I launch it. It's on my PC, but that's me. Please don't get mad at me. Uh, mm. So Pokemon had a giant press conference thing ahead of a Nintendo Direct... Next week, that will focus on Sword and Shield. This one had nothing to do with the Switch release, but talked about three big things. Pokemon Home, Pokemon Sleep, and Pokemon Masters.
1: And Detective Pikachu. Coming oh, yeah. Switch at some point. I forgot about that. Um, Well, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm excited for the movie and a new game. We saw it
0: last week. It was actually pretty good. It's really slow at points, um, and it needs to get to the point a lot quicker than it does sometimes. But it's really neat to see all the little Pokemons. So it's good. Um, Pokemon Home is like Pokemon Bank for 3DS, but it is a cloud-based service that extends between 3DS, Switch, and mobile devices. So they said it'll work between uh, the 3DS Pokemon Bank... Let's go Pokemon on Switch and Pokemon Sword and Shield on Switch and Pokemon Go on mobile, which is cool. And it comes in 2020. In case you want to transfer your Pokemon.
1: I think they, they, they did the same thing with Pokemon Bank. It came out after the game that it was launching with. But I do kind of get that. They want you to play the game properly and then swap over when you buy the second version of the game later.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't know what Pokemon Sleep is. Do you want to take a stab at it?
1: Pokemon Sleep, um now why they didn't call this Pokemon Nap, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> they already had but, the logo, they could just get rid of the S and then they're done.
1: Well, and why didn't they lose, use Jigglypuff as the icon? They've got a sleeping Pikachu, but Jigglypuff has rest as one of its Smash Bros moves, like sleep is what Jigglypuff does. Anyway, or Snorlax, <laughs> there's so many options. Correct. Um Well, my understanding is it's basically the same as like your smartwatch or your smartphone, if you have an app on that, which monitors your sleep and tells you how good or bad you are sleeping.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And then that ties into Pokemon Go. So how it ties in, I'm not sure because I got bored after that point. Yeah, I don't get it. I know you can buy the Pokemon, what's it called? Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Uh, Not a typo. (laughs) The Pokemon Go Plus already exists. So that's a thing that ties into your Pokemon Go account. So they just added an extra plus, which also tracks your sleep. So, well, and one of the
0: pluses is a word, on. and one of the pluses is a symbol. So,
1: yeah, but they did a they did a hashtag with spelling spelling it out oh God. as two words. <laughs> so, just in <laughs> case you were confused, in their official tweet, they wrote Pokemon plus then plus symbol then hashtag Pokemon plus plus just to tell you how it's said.
0: Oh God! Okay, good. so that is how it's said. Great. Well, that's stupid. Anyhow. Uh, and then Pokemon... I'm
1: sure there's some point there, yeah.
0: Well, how many things can track your sleep do you current... What am I trying to say? How many things do you own that currently track your sleep, and how often have you used them because it's annoying as hell?
1: Well, All I've never them. used them because I don't I tried know using it, my phone none one None of time. them have been gamified, yeah. really. So...
0: I guess. I don't know. It just seems weird. Well, and
1: this is... I'm aimed at kids, so... Making a game of it. You know, there seems to be a thing at the moment where kids are like getting Fitbits and things and that's like they're fun. They compare their steps and stuff and it's it's like their equivalent of Pokemon cards. They're not doing that anymore, they're doing, you know, Fitbit tracking. So well, kids are really into this type of stuff and
0: Yeah, and I was really excited. Nintendo
1: slaps a Pikachu on it.
0: I was excited when Nintendo not oh yeah, it was Nintendo, um modified Pokemon Go so it actually took into like takes your actual travel and steps into account rather than having to have the app open so now it kind of just works in the background and you get rewarded without having to drain your battery so i do like that so i guess pokemon sleep's not much of a stretch but anyway uh pokemon masters is a mobile game that is basically just nostalgia personified it's a pokemon game where you get to fight past trainers like brock and misty and red from the anime of the same name I don't know when it comes out. I forget if it was even mentioned.
1: I don't think... Anyway, yet another Pokemon mobile game, so I'm sure that'll be pretty good. Hmm. Um,
0: before we get into a little bit of E3 stuff, the uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, because it's kind of neat, is that Gamescom Asia is coming. So it's uh, an a Eastern Games conference uh, run by Gamescom, so the guys who do the uh, giant... Conference in Cologne, Germany. Uh, it's coming to Singapore 20. in 2020. It's
1: very exciting. Gamescom is the biggest gaming event in the world. I think there's about 370,000 people went last, last year, year yep. of which I think 20,000 were industry. So if you kind of actually put that into perspective, you know, you have that small contingent of developers, publishers, media, and stuff, but it's mostly a fan convention. So it's exciting that we're going to have a version close to us. I know Singapore is not exactly the same as PAX Melbourne, but it is in range if you wanted to go.
0: Yeah, and it's competing kind of in the same um, time frame as well. So it's kind of like mid-October as compared to... Well, I guess PAX has changed. It used to be like late October, but I think they've bumped it up in the calendar too, haven't they? can't remember. So they'll almost be the same oh, time. I can't remember, but yeah, you're right. They, did, they moved. Yeah, I think yeah, it's earlier than later. So, yeah, I hadn't that. Well, we don't have to worry about it this year. It's 2020. Well, we'll see if anything changes. I guess.
1: Probably will, but they are going for more of the Asian crowd. They're probably not really factoring in Australia too much. But it is something you could go to. It is. It's on a much bigger scale, obviously, than PAX. There's a lot more games to actually play. Uh, it's quite different, but it is still very community focused. So yeah, I don't know how worth it's going to if it's similar.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to be for for us media types. Like the thing I like about Gamescom is that you don't really get a lot of new reveals or anything but it's in in August so it's a little bit after E3 where games are usually announced and then you have kind of like relaxed devs who are more willing to speak about a game but kind of in a time frame where people are still really hungry for news and I don't know if that's going to work as well in October like it's kind of the cycles past type thing but that's just me. Well
1: my guess is that they're the, you know, your Ubisoft, your Xbox, your PlayStation will still be there in some capacity, but it's more going to be for Asian developers who are looking to get their stuff noticed on a more global sca- stage. So that would be my guess. Is it will be developers who normally aren't at your Gamescom and your E3 decide to go to Gamescom Asia for a
0: global audience. Yeah. So Tencent presents Gamescom Asia, basically. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Possibly. <laughs> um, so Ben, are you excited? You get to go to E3 in like less than a fortnight.
1: In a week, actually. So, uh, one week from time of recording, I'll be on a plane to E3. Um, I'm excited. I haven't been for three years. So, 2016 was my last one. I'm. It could be, who knows what the future of E3 is. I think this is our last year that they're locked into a contract at the LA Convention Center. could be a big change next year. I think so. Um And while I've got my schedule full, I I did think earlier that this was going to be a quiet year for me. (laughs) Um, And the the show days are actually a bit longer. So they used to only, I think they used to close at six or five or something. And now they close at seven every night. So it's a little longer. Um, And yeah, I'm pretty much full up with stuff. So there's, there's quite a bit there despite no um, Sony EA is there in a different capacity, but they have one big game. I think everyone wants to hear about, and they're making sure that will be shown. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much everyone else is there. So it got this kind of vibe a few months ago that everyone was jumping off E3, but PlayStation has, yes. But besides them, there's still a pretty big showing, I think.
0: Yeah, and we're in this like barrage right now of like the pre-E3 news, like people trying to get in ahead of each other to to be kind of front and center in in the public's eye. Um, so there's tons of like live streams that are happening just ahead of time there's like a destiny one where they talk about the next chapter of destiny 2 uh there's a beyond good and evil live now we're team. free from activision well yeah it's it's kind of exciting and then they're doing an e3 coliseum panel and that's part of the description like it's our you know it's our second time as an independent developer again and it's been so long but you know between that first stint so here's what we're planning so that's kind of exciting um there's a beyond good there's loads and- of panels this year tons of panels so
1: this is the first one I've been to, which is now public. So the previous 2016, I think, was the last one, which was trade only. And they didn't really used to have panel yet. So there are heaps. Like I've been invited to a bunch, which I can't go to because we've got to go see the games. But I think the Netflix one is interesting. The fact that they're doing one. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons one is one that people are assuming there's going to be a new game announced there. And there probably will be. Uh, but there's heaps. So it's a it's a new take for
0: E3. Yeah. Well, and like the E3 Coliseum has outed uh, Darksiders 4, unless it's called something else, but a new Darksiders game ahead of an actual reveal. Uh, Square Enix was keeping the Avengers kind of details close to its chest. And an E3 Coliseum uh, listing has confirmed it has four player co-op and customization. Uh, There was another Coliseum thing that outed something and I forget what it is off the top of my head. Doesn't matter. There's a lot of those kind of things happening. Uh, There's a Beyond Good and Evil 2 live stream that takes place ahead of E3 because Beyond Good and Evil 2 isn't at E3, um, which is weird because I saw it last year at E3 uh, and thought it was very, very early in development. So I guess that explains why we're not seeing it this year, but it's also strange. Um, The Ubisoft pass is something that was leaked accidentally early on Ubisoft's website which is basically just going to be EA Access or Game Pass, I think. Mm, I'm a bit worried about that
1: because Game Pass is coming along so well. It has several Ubisoft games in it, I think, unless I'm making that up. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, If we have too many split off and do their own thing, it's really going to dilute that. So, yeah, I would prefer Ubisoft not have its own
0: pass. I agree. And it seems like it's going to be a tiered one too because there's like Ubisoft Pass Premiere, I think, is the tier that I recall reading so there might be like different levels of subscription which is garbage
1: they are probably aside from EA Mm -hmm. they're probably the only other publisher with enough games to be able to do that so I think if they do it I don't think we'll see anyone else do it just because they have such a big back catalog and they release, you know five or six big games a year plus a few smaller ones so they could get away with doing it the similar how EA has done it I don't think that would mean that we're going to see every publisher do this because no one else has that Quantity of games to, oh, be able to do it.
0: Bethesda is going to do it just for Skyrim, across however many platforms <laughs> it's on. Play Skyrim on everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, also leaked early because we're talking about Ubisoft, and I guess good time to quickly mention that Ubisoft is flying you over there and, and making sure you have a place to stay. So thanks, Ubisoft. Um, is Roller Champions, which is like a roller derby game that looks like a Nintendo game because it's very colorful and kind of like basic um and i don't know what to make of it because it looks weird but hey we'll find out next week <laughs> um well there's a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of just kind of neat to talk about uh ea play they've confirmed their first day of live stream and like front and center is star wars jedi fallen order which is kind of cool i think you're excited to see that or try to get to see that
1: I am excited to see that. I can't remember if we're allowed to say if we're seeing that or not. That's so why I will I not. I <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely at um, EA Play. Uh, it's not hands on there, I don't think. I think it's just a presentation. So your your average attendee can see it there. Um, there is a thing with EA Play. So I'm actually not going to get time to go there because it's in Hollywood, not in um, downtown LA. And it's just before E3, so a little bit inconvenient for travelers, but never mind. Yeah. Um, all attendees at EA Play get to pick one thing which they get to kind of skip the queue for. So whichever game you're most excited for, you can go in and have your time booked. I would not recommend doing Star Wars for that because it's just a demo presentation. So you can watch that online. Pick any other game that you can actually play would be my advice if you're going to EA Play.
0: And part of that is uh, what do they have? Battlefield 5, FIFA, Madden, and Apex Legends Season all 2. All
1: games. Yeah. Yeah, and Battlefield and yeah Apex, pretty much. And probably The Sims or something. So oh, yeah. the rest isn't super new. I get why people would flock to Star Wars. What you can see at EA Play, though, will also be streamed. So exactly the same.
0: Hmm. Um, randomly, they announced, they being EA, announced that there's going to be a new Need for Speed game coming this year, but it will not be at E3. So Interesting.
1: Well, they're not at E3 either, so that could be a little bit of a... Oh, yeah, true. You know, it won't be at E3, but
0: neither are we. <laughs> it is at EA Play. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That'd be funny, though. Um, anything else about E3 that it would be is fun. on your mind? I think we recapped it pretty well. Um,
1: yeah, I think I saw Phil Spencer said he just finished his rehearsal yesterday, and they have 14 first-party studios, which is the most Xbox has ever had at E3. So Yeah. Uh, but they acquired a bunch last year, so we'll get to see what they're up to. I think this really is Xbox's year. We've been saying it for a while, but I don't have PlayStation there to be compared with. They're announcing a new Xbox. They've got all these first-party games, which they haven't had for years. Um, it's really theirs to lose, basically. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So please don't lose, Xbox. <laughs> I want to see something good. I want to be excited. <laughs> if I'm getting up really early to cover news... Don't lose to this. I want it to be good news. Um, well, and Survivor readers can win a chance to... See it at which cinema is that? Uh, yeah, at a uh, Hoyts chadston in a recliner cinema. You basically have. I'll have to put this out like super quickly now, Ben. Thanks. Um, I think you have until Sunday. Oh, it's closing, is it? Well, because it. I don't want to give people. I want to give people some notice so no, they can get true. there. I think you have until Sunday to enter. So uh, as soon as you hear this, pause. Jump over to the site. Hit up the contests and uh, make sure you've entered. So you can win one of two double ah, passes. That's the only way to get in? Yeah, it's sold out. So I
1: believe it's sold it out.
0: So it's definitely worth uh, an entry.
1: Now, what time do you have to get there to watch that? Because it would be like a it starts it, at six a.m. So you gotta you gotta get there mm. pretty early. So early um, morning, and
0: it's kind of neat though that.
1: But you've got the day off. It's a queen's birthday, or something, it is. isn't it? So my day time. job.
0: I've just realized uh, we don't get the day off, so I'm. Working still, but that's fine. Um, the green carpet thing at Hoyts uh, across Australia and New Zealand. It starts at six, obviously. Uh, Australian Eastern Standard. Uh, you get to watch the press conference. You get a swag bag. There's chances to win things like an Xbox One X. Uh, and then if you want, you can stick around and watch X-Men Dark Phoenix. So that's kind of cool. That's a cool mm. way to watch E3. I'm not doing it. They offered me, but I'm going to be at home in my pajamas with three screens trying to cover the news frantically. Living, Living the dream. Well, that's
1: good. I'll be at the press conference, not doing any actual well, that's work. Fine. So that's I'm nice putting you to work day.
0: the next, <laughs> you know, days after that. So the next or well, that night, actually, there there be a lot it all balances anyway,
1: When we're back, it'll be post E3. So we'll be able to see what we're right about, what we're wrong about. And yeah. uh,
0: jump back and listen to our uh, e3 predictions a couple episodes ago because i don't want to talk about it again because we've already done it and we've already nailed things like ultimate xbox game pass or whatever it's called so
1: yeah we're cool with that that's going to be our shining glory really we've never going to outdo <laughs> so ourselves tack it one. up. we're
0: done um i will talk to you <laughs> off a podcast ben but for our readers to listen to this uh have a really good time at e3 it's it's fun to go, so I'm jealous of you, and I hope you have a really good time.
1: I'm very excited. This is E3 number six for me, so getting there, getting towards the ten. I'm not sure E3 is going to last another no. four, so I might. not I think be there I
0: think our this. plan six of trying to get there next year together is a good plan because there might not be many opportunities to do that again.
1: It's a good plan. There might not be many after. It, who knows where it's going to be next year? We we'll might be in Vegas or somewhere. Well, crazy. that might work too, though. Although, to be honest, I would, I would take anywhere other than downtown oh, it's L.A. So
0: I'd be happy with a move. Let's just do it in Melbourne. People don't mind, right? They'd all, they'd all come to that would Melbourne. would be really convenient, yeah. actually. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> cool. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, hit us up on social media. Tell us what you want to see out of E3. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Not next week. This is a fortnightly podcast. And even that's kind of unpredictable. So we'll talk to you next time. It's a vague fortnight. <laughs> uh, about next fortnight with our E3 recap.